Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Pertech, work for the company that keeps Australia operating. As a critical support business to essential services, we need the best of the best to back up our network and customers during the ongoing growth period Pertech is experiencing. What's important to Pertech? Growing together, clear career pathways, training and support, and resilience. There's the possibility for promotion and to be running your own centre within 10 years. For further information, check out pertech.com.au forward slash careers. That's pertech.com.au forward slash careers. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This is the Legends series with Bo Scott, part two. Enjoy. You, you can nearly pick them as an Australian team most yep. weeks. Like it's um, a very, very gifted football team, and um, and even saying that, like none of them got injured. Yeah, like. None of, them, none of them missed big chunks of the year, or if they did, it wasn't around bloody origin period, was it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, yeah, they like I said, they could have been an Australian team right in the middle of the hard times, though. Trent Hodkinson scores a try in game two in 2014. What do you remember of it? I just remember Hodko going over and all the pressure valves being released and his arm yep. going in the air and um, yeah, it was it was, it was overdue. We, we we tried hard for many years and I was just grateful to be a part of that team, mm. which um, I think is just through injuries in that that year that uh, Ryan Hoffman and I were in the back row together mm. and um, busting our asses and yeah, like I said, the the game one in Queensland. Set up that whole series, set up that win because it was one of the toughest games I've ever been involved with. And go to New South Wales and, and to Sydney for game two. I think we were just fortunate. Yep. Um, and that was a tough game too. And Around this time, back in Clubland, Wayne left the Dragons after winning the Premiership. Obviously, he went to Newcastle. And in 2013, it was almost like we're getting the band back together. There was you, Darius Boyd. Alex McKinnon, Jeremy Smith, reuniting like it was 2010. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a, a game plan for Wayne, long-term-ish, to, yeah. to bring a few of his um, favourites to Newcastle. And, yeah, I jumped on board. There was an opportunity there again where it all just sort of lined up, yep. the right timing and what I was looking for long-term out of a contract. Um, it's good. I enjoyed Newcastle. It's a, it's a great place to live, and uh, we had a, we had a few things go wrong in the preseason leading in that first year that sort of stuffed our prep up mm. going into round one. Mm. Um, a few players 
not doing the right thing by the club. Yep. But uh, it's all in history now. It is what it is. Um, I enjoyed the couple of years I spent at Newcastle. I think obviously the first year we we, got, we went close. Um, yes. We got bashed up by the Roosters in the second week of the yep. finals in, in Sydney. We lost Danny Badiris mm. early on, which really, really hurt us. Mm. Um, Hardgraves rented him a little bit too hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, Danny put his head in front of his elbow. But uh, anyway, yeah. it is what it is, and that's the way the, the cookie crumbles. And um, No, we had, we had a good year that first year, and we just couldn't back it up in the years to come. I'll take you to Monday, March 24, the following year, 2014. Newcastle was on the road to Melbourne. It was the night Alex McKinnon suffered his accident. What do you recall of the whole thing? Yeah, I remember it pretty vividly. Um, I loved playing with Macca. He was, he was a genuine, genuine good guy and yep. he loved his footy. He absolutely loved his footy. Mm. He'd sit there and watch every game on the weekend, which is a bit opposite to me. I wouldn't watch any football. I'd, I'd watch a game after we played, but... As, as something about a bit, bit of footy overload for me, yeah. where I couldn't sit down and watch everyone else run around before I could sort of prep for my game. But um, yeah, I got on really well with with Macker, and it was just an accident, like you said. It was so unfortunate the way the tackle went down, mm-hmm. where um, yeah, the way he landed, and yeah, uh, I, guess, I guess immediate impact. It wasn't too too bad because we didn't really know the outcome of it, so we could all sort of get on with our jobs at the time, but I guess the longer we went on and we, we sort of we knew more, um, mm. yeah, it was, it was a little bit scary. Scary when you say, I, I to a degree know where you're going with this. I was there on the sideline that, way, that night. It was Monday night footy. We were live. Um, my pressures were, were different. I had the pressures of reporting on Alex accurately, promptly, but from my side of it, sensitively and compassionately because the looks on the faces that night, I can still see there was a lot of guys, in particular the Newcastle medicos, who were brilliant that night. They knew it wasn't just another injury. Even from half time, they knew this was a little bit different. Yeah, like I said, we didn't really know the, the extent I um. I was with him when I was, I was sort of right next to him on the field when it happened, and um, it's just one of those things where you, you go down and you're like, "You're right," sort of thing. And I, I knew, I knew from looking at him and asking the question that he wasn't. Yeah, I actually pulled his mouth guard out of his mouth um, when he was laying there, so that's how sort of close I was to the to the whole incident. And um, yeah, I, I sort of did know that it was a little bit more serious than anything sort of I've seen before, and. Obviously, you just you just hope for the best. You just you really hope that um, things turned out differently. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the other note, I don't think I would have handled the whole situation the way he has. No, over the last I'm the same. time period, he's he's, yeah. he's he's absolutely amazing, and mm. the way he's got on with it and and just accepted um, the outcome, mm. it's it's mind blowing. He's he's such a special person on that side of the fence. It's um. Yeah, that's that's crazy. How did you deal with it as a as a group? Because all of a sudden, I say this respectfully, footy doesn't matter. Your mate matters. You guys, you young men, you're confused. You probably don't 
you haven't been fed all the facts because they're trying to protect you. How do you avoid just completely losing your shit? Oh, I think Wayne was instrumental on that side of thing. He's he's so good at I don't know in one way dumbing down things and, yep. and getting people to focus on a task at hand, yep. which which may may or may not have mm-hmm. been as important as what you sort of could make it at the time. Or um, yeah, he he just sort of gathered the group and and um, obviously he he had to take all his emotions into account as well. Mm. Um, but he, he's obviously a professional at that. He's, he's yeah. done that for however many years. And, um, yeah, I can't really remember the weeks to follow, but uh, we just all keep wishing for the for the best outcome possible for him. And we knew that he was in the best hands possible yep. at, at the hospital down there in, in Melbourne, and that's all we could have hoped for. The start of some testing times for you. Uh, again, it was stuff you couldn't control. Mim had fallen pregnant when you are in Newcastle. Uh, Princess Ava was going to be a big sister, but not everything went smoothly with my little guy Noah. I'll let you start the story here, mate. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you can't control everything, like you said. And uh, we found out in utero that uh, Noah had a deficiency in his right femur, which at the end of the day, long story short, his right leg was going to be a little bit shorter than his left. Mm. Um, we didn't really have much more info than that at the time. We couldn't uh, we couldn't get any more out of the sort of the, the doctors here in Australia, and we looked elsewhere for a few few answers. And yep. we um, uh, as we went on, we, we got in touch with uh, probably the best person in the world, uh, Doctor Paley over in Florida, and touched base with him. And he um, he was amazing. He sort of filled us in on a few things and, and what could be done going down the track and what sort of journey we'll, we're about to uh, undertake. Couldn't control it, couldn't make it better, you couldn't fix it. You're a carer, you're a dad, I'd imagine nothing worse, nothing more frustrating. You, you by nature, want to look after your mates and, and people around you and you're going to sit back here. Yeah, sit back in a way. We, we've sort of done all our... Um, all our work with the, obviously the research side of things yep. and, and trying to gather as much info as we could. And, yeah, that's where we're at. And then we just had to sit with ourselves and, and get on with it. Um, Wayne was instrumental again here again. Yeah. Because he had a way of diverting the attention or the, or the focus of spending too much too much energy and yep. uh, on on different things and, Trying to focus on on football for me mm-hmm. at the time, um, yeah, he was um, he was there for me, and obviously the missus and the, and the family at the time, and yeah. Pertech work for the company that keeps Australia operating. As a critical support business to essential services, we need the best of the best to back up our network and customers during the ongoing growth period Pertech is experiencing. What's important to Pertech? Growing together, clear career pathways, training and support, and resilience. There's the possibility for promotion and to be running your own centre within 10 years. For further information, check out pertech.com.au forward slash careers. That's pertech.com.au forward slash careers. So now it goes over, he has the... The operation, um, ultimately professional, and you, and you said to me when you you got back, I've never seen anything like it. This this setup, but looking at him now, right decision. 
Yeah, well, the way we looked at it, you sort of had to do the best you can afford for for your children, mm. your family at the time, and um, that's what we did. We we went over there. I, I don't even remember how many months we were over there. We were over there for two two separate sort of operations, and um, yeah, it was hard. It was um, it was a toll. It was a tolling period on on all of us, and. Uh, in the middle of that, I changed clubs. I moved back to Parramatta to be closer to family yep. and be back in Sydney. And so there's a fair bit going on. But um, yeah, that's. I guess now was another whole story together. But um, we we did the right thing at the time, and um, yeah, great outcome. And he's running around and playing football and, mm. and loving life. I'm not a fan of players breaking contracts. I'm not a fan of clubs breaking contracts. But you went to Newcastle. And said, "Guys, I got to. I need to be back in Sydney." And you shook hands on the spot, and it was done. Love it. <laughs> That's class from both you and them. Yeah, Matt Gidley was a CEO at the time, and um, I was That's like, why he's in your dream team. Oh <laughs> no, it wasn't. I didn't even consider that part of the scenario. But um, yeah, Gids was super desperate to keep me uh, at Newcastle, and even <laughs> I don't know if he was just taking the piss or not, but. Even suggested I move back to Sydney, and they helicoptered me back up there for trainings and games <laughs> and that. And I didn't know if he was serious or not, but he seemed serious. <laughs> Run but, with um, it. Yeah, that's how sort of serious they were, sort of trying to make me stick around or uh, at the club at the time. But um, I think as a family decision, it was sort of sort of right to do what we did. Yeah, fully agree. Off to para with all of this happening in your world. How the hell did you concentrate on footy? How do you make it a priority or, or wasn't it a priority? No, nah, I still put my footy first. It's just what you do as a professional athlete. Mm. Um, it's, it sounds selfish, but you need to prioritise you. Uh, yeah. you. You want to get the best performance out of you week in, week out. You you need to be a little bit selfish in your in your lifestyle and, yeah. and – um, whether it not be attending family functions or you're missing out on weddings and yep. things like that, which which some people um, it's a it's a sacrifice, and mm. I guess it is uh, overall. But I guess as a professional athlete, um, the ones that are good at what they did have to sort of agree, and you you got to be a little bit little bit selfish and and do do you a few times. Your reputation was as a professional trainer with professional mindset. You, you were full tilt with everything you did on and off the field. So you were brought in to toughen up the Parramatta mentality. Is that a cool role, a role that you were comfortable with? Because you'd gone from the kid to the, to the leader, to the senior group. Yeah, I sort of embraced that role my whole career, um, even though when you're coming through uh, as a rookie, mm. Cronulla, I tried to be the best trainer in the preseason. Really? I um, is that natural to you, or did you see someone and go, "Okay, that's no"? It it come fairly natural. It probably come from watching my old man growing Dad, up, yeah, as a as a coal miner and working night shift all week and and sacrificing himself to come to the school sport during mm. the week where he should be at home sleeping or when we he had a bit of a property and whether it be building fences or pulling tussock out and just just mundane tasks like that where mm. it doesn't have to be done 
We didn't have to be done to the ability that he'd done it to, but it was done to the sort of standard every time. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, trying to win the beep test, not just because you want to win it, just because, mm. because you want to set an example for, for the rest of the team. You want to, you want to show the kids that are there watching. You might be the most talented football player, but you're, um, you're just going to try your hardest no matter what it is. If it's running back and forward over a 20-metre shuttle or you're going to be there 20 minutes before training starts so you can prep yep. like a professional. So, yeah, you're ticking all the boxes. and um, Yeah, it's just just is what it is. And I guess you reap the rewards. You don't... Um, don't you don't you don't get the rewards of winning competitions and playing for your state and playing for your country by by half arsing it and that's the way I sort of looked at my uh, football on the field and off the field. Was told earlier this year in an interview setting the example on the training paddocks the most important job in a rugby league club. Agree? It is. Yeah. It is. It's it leads it leads into the into the game. It leads into results and um. You see all the great players over the years. You see the amount of time they spent on the field after mm. training's finished, just trying to perfect their art, mm. trying to kick that field goal or that forty twenty, or even just the little things of getting there a little bit earlier and heading to the gym and, and stretching and, and being prepared mm. for um, for whatever sessions on the cards. Bicep and knee, successive <laughs> injuries, successive years. Everyone wants to go out with a win or a premiership, a fairy tale. It doesn't happen that often. Did it hurt finishing like this, considering uh, what you'd been through with Alex and with Noah? Um, or respectfully, is it just the end of your footy? Nah, not really. I was probably a little bit fortunate. I, I went out on an injury because I'm a little bit of a nutcase where I probably would have kept playing as long as I could and yeah. until the body gave up and it might have been a way of saying, yep, that's enough. And even after I'd done the knee, I thought, oh, there might be an opportunity to just just get one more year in. And anyway, I think Wayne called me, and I was, I was sitting here at home, and and um, I can't remember his exact words, but it was something along the lines of, "The body's got a funny way of telling you when you've had enough." And I sort of went, "Yeah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> you just knocked over the queen and the king and everything." So that was probably when it really dawned on me that, um, yeah, that was the end. How's the body now? Good. Yeah, the body's good. I don't I don't do too much other than golf and I do go to the gym every now and again when I get the motivation to, to go up there and, and look at the barbell and, and the floor and <laughs> <laughs> You said earlier you're not the, the footy tragic that watches eight games a week and, and keeps up to date. Do you still love it? Do you still keep in touch or have you just moved on from rugby league? No, I still watch a bit of football. Um, I dabbled in a little bit of coaching over the sort of last couple of seasons with a few interruptions yep. with the rest of the world. Uh, did enjoy that to a degree. Um, I just find, found it a little bit hard where everyone or the whole team doesn't buy in and probably looking back on it now, I can see a few clubs that I was at over the years and, and sort of relate to a few players yep. that were the same and um, I can't half-ass something or do something 80%. Yep. So that's where I sort of struggle with the, with that sort of one-on-one coaching side of things. I do a little bit of defensive coach, one-on-one sessions with a, with a few players. Mm. Um, 
for the, oh, over the last sort of 12, 18 months. And actually a couple of boys that I started with uh, mid last year um, are actually playing for the Dragons now. We've got the, the Crouch, uh, Crouchmans, the, the twins, yeah. um, Toby and Ryan, and they had a, a lot of potential when I was uh, with them and, and giving them a few tips and sort of just sort of just um, – uh, just the finer details. Yep. Uh, and they're probably reap, reaping the rewards of their hard work now. So, yeah, to see to see kids like that where you can sort of have an influence on and, and mm. help out a little bit, it's, it's rewarding. Um, helped a couple of girls that are sort of new to the game and taking on a, um, a defensive role with the, the Dragons NRLW team this year. So that should be should be good too. So I'm looking forward to sort of being back in that team environment and, and yeah, um, I know I know I know what I'm good at, and I, I think I can get that uh, information that mm. I've got um, over to people of how to uh, get better if they want to get better. And and that's the that's the thing. I enjoy coaching pe- uh, men and women that yep. that, that want to get better at what they do, and and take on and absorb that information, and and that's satisfying. Sharks. Dragons, Knights, Eels, if they're the final four clubs left at the end of this season. Dragons. Straight up? Yeah. The other three don't get a look in. Oh, not really. Yeah. I just – you enjoy your time where you're successful. Of course you do. And you do. it's close to home. Um, I know Noah, he was he was a para fan, mainly because I finished at Parramatta. And He's brushed us now, has he? He has brushed Parramatta for the Dragons. There you go. So, anyway, is what it is. 244 NRL games, 11 origins, three test matches. Been great catching up and getting a really cool reminder on perspective while I'm here. Both Scott, thanks for your time. You, sir, are a legend. Thank you, Andy. Been enjoyable. In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered. The Legend Series starts your working week, featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in-depth and personal. We talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns. 12 different player interviews every single episode. It's fast-paced, and if you like a laugh with your footy... This is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's Dream Team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon. Legends 